Up World. Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is also another edition of Mailbag Monday, answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. We do this each week, and if you want to get involved, there's two ways to do it. You can tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. You can just send me your question whenever you're thinking of it, or you can watch the skies Monday morning around 9 a.m. Pacific time. I send out a tweet soliciting questions. You respond to that tweet, I'll get you in the show. You don't have to wait for that tweet, but you can. If you're not a Twitter user or you're someone who doesn't tweet, I respect and appreciate you. And there's also an email address where you could reach out to the show, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Just send me an email there. Uh, it's a good way to write a, l- a longer question, as you will see later in the show. Some people took advantage of Gmail's lack of character limit. Kidding aside, those are the two ways to get involved. And we do this each week, season or not. We keep it rolling on Mailbag Monday. I realize that every Lockdown Blazers is someone's first Lockdown Blazers. So welcome. We do things here in three segments. It just so happens on Mailbag Monday, all three segments are a lot alike. You have now sat through 90 seconds patiently, 90 seconds of introduction. Let's get to the mailbag. This first question comes from Jeff from Gmail. Jeff, you were one of three Jeffs, three Jeffries, Jeffries with a J, to reach out to me via Gmail. You're the only one who doesn't have a nickname in this show, so I challenge you, the next time you send me a question, give yourself a nickname. Chance to be like Kobe and give yourself a self-appointed nickname that the world, or at least I, will adopt. Jeff from Gmail, nicknameless Jeff from Gmail asks... What grade would you give Neil and Terry in their roles this year? And also for the tenure with the Blazers, how long of a lease do they each have going forward? What is more likely, Neil leaving for a bigger market, rumors of Philadelphia, and there were rumors of the Knicks in February, or him being fired by the Blazers' ownership? Uh, I think it's much more likely that Neil were to leave for a larger market than he gets fired. Just the way the Blazers have been doing things, they don't seem like a team in... They don't seem like a team that's interested in paying multiple salaries to people. Uh, Neil doesn't make as much money as Terry, but he certainly makes some money, and having to pay him and another guy um, to do the same job doesn't seem like what Blazers' ownership is really after right now. They seem like they're after being a little bit cheaper, or at least less expensive is maybe a fair way to say that. What would I give them grades for this season? I would give... Neil a C plus. Uh, he would have gotten lower. C is average job. Like I'm not someone who thinks. I listen. I went to school in the 90s and 2000s. I'm familiar with grade inflation. If C's were bad grades when I was a kid, but a C is an average job. I probably would have given Neil a D at one point in this season. I think he did really poorly. I think the not having power forwards on the roster was a big mistake. Having really limited wings on the roster was a big mistake. Making Building a roster that demanded Zach Collins play 35 minutes a night and be awesome is an unfair way to construct a roster around Damian Lillard. So he would Neil would have gotten a D, but I think Carmelo Anthony was a fun signing and one that helped save the season. And the trade for Trevor Ariza really turned things around in a dramatic way. I didn't love the Whiteside trade at the time. Uh, you can <laughs> check the check the back files of this podcast if you want to see my reaction to it. But when you consider the other options, which would have been playing Myers Leonard and Ennis Cantor at center, how much worse was was that Hassan Whiteside than those two, a, a platoon of those two? Not much. Hard to say. Probably better. Probably better than those two. So Neil gets a C plus. I'll give uh, Terry a B minus. You know, you can only play the players that are on the roster, but I also just... This Blazer team was... I, I never feared them, and uh, I thought there was... At times, particularly in sort of that late December, January, when pr- prior to Ariza, that there wasn't just enough like 
listen, we're bad. Let's go through wild experimenting or at least like some let's let's really see what we got. I understand you kind of got to respect the process and it's a long season and you don't blow it up early. And the Blazers looked really good when they had a full complement of players by the time they got to the bubble. But and, and that really changes my um my feelings about about Terry's season. He probably would have been down in that C minus range, but in the end, Stotts B minus, Neil C plus. Um, for their careers, like Neil, I would give Neil a B plus. I think he's typically been good. I, I know he gets a lot of flack, but he's I think he's been fine. And I'd give Terry an A minus. He's typically over overachieved. Um, I think both of them are good at their jobs. I know they get a lot of flack because it's easy to be mean to them, but. Neil is really good at in, at in season trades. He's really good at bargain shopping. Terry has ca- has helped teams overachieve when we've perceived them as um as not as good. I think he's one of the ten best coaches in the NBA. He has his issues as all coaches do. Brad Stevens kind of lo- is like the most lauded coach in the league, and he got kind of got punked out of the playoffs just this week. So it happens to him. How long of a leash? Uh, Terry Stotts basically gets to coach until Damian Lillard doesn't want him to because Dame says he likes him and you got it. I just, if the franchise player likes him, you roll with him, figure out the rest. Neil, he's fine. He can have, I'm, he's not on the hot seat. I don't, I don't view him as on the hot seat. You want him to do better. You give him, you know, I think he has an extension for two or three more seasons. You, you certainly let him play that out. He's been fine. Next question comes from Miles at chin underscore dog on Twitter who asks, last year watching the, Blazers Nuggets series. My impression was that they were evenly matched. Yeah, you think? And they both got the same number of games off the Lakers this year. Would this Blazers roster have been good enough to reach the conference finals with better seeding? I kind of been harping on this that I think like the Blazers played so poorly or were or just were not a good team with their roster and their health and all the things prior to the bubble and they put them in a position where they couldn't get in the mix uh, and you end up in eighth you play the lakers the lakers are really good they're clearly the best team in the west you get what you get uh but i've been on this the blazers are just as good as that sort of middle of the pack type team now do i think the blazers definitely would have beat the jazz or definitely would have beat the clippers no but i think they would have had a puncher's chance i don't think this blazers roster was as good as the blazers roster that made the western conference finals i don't even think it was close Depth-wise, I don't think this year's Blazers team was as good as the Nuggets, but you put Damian Lillard in the mix, you put a healthy Nurk in the mix against basically any non-Laker team in the West, and I think the Blazers have a chance to win that series. They just didn't do the work early, so they ended up where they ended up. Next question comes from Hamilton from Gmail. says, based on what happened to the Clippers in the playoffs and them not having any first-rounders until 2027, who boy, that's crazy when you write it out, Hamilton, does Anthony Simon, Zach Collins, and two to five first-rounders get us Paul George, PG-13, written here, or Kawhi Leonard? If you think that will not get us one of them, give me a scenario in which we could get them. Okay, Ant, Zach, and multiple firsts does not get you Paul George. It certainly doesn't get you Kawhi Leonard. Adding five first-round picks does not seem to get what the Clippers need. What the Clippers need is is an MF championship. They are in win-now mode. There is no amount of asset replenishing that gets them out of win-now mode. They fired Doc Rivers today as I record this podcast. I understand you asked this question prior to Rivers getting firing, but that doesn't change where they are. They're in desperation. They're desperate to win immediately. Both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can become free agents after this this next season, into the summer of 2021 or whenever free agency might be, whenever the next free agency period begins after this after the following season. So 
the Blazers trading for either of them is a big swing. Trading first five five first round picks is probably too big of a swing, and I don't think that particular package gets you Kawhi Leonard. I don't think the Blazers have a package that doesn't involve Damian Lillard to get Kawhi Leonard. You don't want to trade Damian Lillard. Let's take him off the board. So what do you do to get Paul George? Two young guys and picks. Does that get them Paul George? No. Maybe two young guys, CJ and some picks, gets you Paul George. But are the Blazers better with Paul George and what you know about him? Dame and Paul George as your one-two along with Nurk. Are they better? Probably, yes. I think Paul George is better than CJ McCollum. But are they appreciably appreciably better where they win a championship and it's worth giving up four or five first-round picks? I'm going to give that a hell nah. I think you can get this trade done in some form or fashion with Ant, CJ, Zach, and picks, but I am heavily against it. Heavily. Adam at Real Mike Stan asks our next question, which is, what are your prime writing hours? Now can I be a better writer prior to 1 a.m.? I need more sleep. Yeah, I used to be a late night writer guy too. I, I used to joke that my only time I was creative was 10 to 2. That's 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Those are my eight hours a day where I could write anything. You know what helps? <laughs> writing for a newspaper where you have a deadline. Drop dead at 10.45. You either write a story or you do not get in the paper and you failed your job for today. So artificial deadlines, I would suggest. Um blocking out real time to write in the middle of the day. Maybe that won't make you feel creative, but saying here are three hours I'm going to write and take yourself to a place where you go to write. I know it's not easy to leave your house maybe anymore as it once was, but that's my recommendation. All right, in the second segment, we're going to answer more questions. We got a bunch, like about Mario Hazonia, who the Blazers should target in free agency, and some questions about the Orlando Magic. No, seriously, that's a teaser about the Orlando Magic on Locked On Blazers. I know you're sticking around for the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about rockauto.com. You know rockauto.com because they are the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you need. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. And oh, those prices. That's the best part because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today's show is also brought to you by DoorDash. You know DoorDash. It's the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy with DoorDash. All you do is open up that app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. And if you're craving something, chances are it's on DoorDash already because they've got over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So you can support your local go-tos or your favorite national chains. You got a mom and pop you're craving, a local eatery that you love, it's on there. You got a national chain that you haven't had in a while or you love revisiting, it's on there. Hit up DoorDash and do it now because you can get a deal. Listen, right now, they're offering you $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app 
and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees of your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that code LOCKEDONNBA. One more time so you don't forget it, that's code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right. Shout out to Dre Slaps for the music. Follow him on Instagram at WowSlaps or visit his website, DreSlaps.com. Appreciate you, Dre. Let's keep it rolling with Mailbag Monday. This next question comes from Bodie from Solar Babies, a.k.a. at Nick Bjork on Twitter, who asks, do you think Giannis will live in Westland or Lake Oswego? Westland, be my guess. No, real question from Nick Bjork, who follows up and says, real question, Mario Hazonia is likely picking up his player option. Can we expect anything different in year two of Mario? It's only one man that can answer this question. Look, Mario Hazonia is going to be entering his sixth NBA season when he, or should he, suit up for the Blazers in this upcoming season. He's just, he is who he is. Sorry that Bishop Bullwinkle had to tell you, but it's the truth, man. Okay, next question comes from Dr. Jeff from Gmail. Dr. Jeff asks, The prevailing theory is the Blazers need help on the wings, which I don't disagree. However, we only have two guys over six foot nine on the roster for next year, and one hasn't played two full, in, two full seasons in a row, Nurk, and the other is coming off an injury, Zach. Given our limited resources, mid-level exception, etc., do we need to try to bring back Hassan Whiteside if he wants to just for depth and insurance at the five? Or do you think there will be enough reasonable talent out there to get with the vet minimum? If so, who? Okay, my hot name that I've been repping on the vet minimum centers, John Henson, University of North Carolina, and also Billy Hernan Gomez didn't go to UNC, but plays for MJ. So shout out to him. Well, at least shout out to MJ. I don't know about shout out to Billy Hernan Gomez. Those are my two choices for vet vet minimum centers. I've been repping those. I'll keep repping those until Billy Hernan Gomez signs for more than the vet minimum. And then I'll say, whoops. Dr. Jeff continues. Or guess I guess the other way to put it, assuming Trevor Reza comes back and Rodney Hood is healthy and Nazir Little is developing, all caps for Nas there, is the number one goal to get depth at the 4 slash 5 or add more wing talent. So I think it's a 4 slash 5 to me. Uh, I think you want a, like a real 4, but but it, like preferably you'd get a guy who's a 4 who could also play a little bit of 3, like Jay Crowder, like Jeremy Grant in some some settings. Uh, you would get the guy who is a four, but can play three, not a three who can play, who is a three who could play four. See Trevor Ariza. You feel me? I think that's the number one thing. I don't think it's wing depth. Um, you got two vets who you want to play. You're going to play three guard lineups with Gary Trent Jr. There. You just, there's, there, at some point, there's a minutes crunch. There's not a minutes crunch up front, and you saw how bad the Blazers were with no real power forward on the roster. Don't make that mistake again. That's number one priority is, is a real forward. Who you get with, with the mid-level exception? I don't know. I don't know. But I'd rather have a guy who can play multiple positions than the one position Hassan Whiteside. I'll roll the dice and go with vet minimums for a guy who can only play center. Next question comes from Greg from Gmail who asks, instead of just looking at what the team can do this year, since we don't seem to have strong trade pieces, can you give your thoughts on what the team front office can do long-term 
three to five years. Best case scenario to make the Blazers series contending team while Dame is still in his prime and also a worst case scenario. So the worst case scenario, I don't think it's that bad. I think it just kind of looks like what you've experienced the last last season is that the team is good. Dame reminds you how spectacular he is with a couple runs during the year where like he did at the end of January and then again in the bubble where you're like, oh man, we're watching this, this really special player. But the Blazers are just kind of like a middling to low level playoff team. I think that's that's the worst case scenario. Maybe they missed the playoffs in there. But the best case scenario sort of moving forward is that either Zach Collins and Anthony Simons take a big leap. That's like sort of the three to five year plan that Olshay, I think, had laid out in his brain was that those guys would take a big leap and then either you, you can trade them to upgrade for veteran talent or you just let them go. But the other thing that they just they need to do is they need to trade for a, a young vet who pops. They need to trade for the for use of Nurkic. They got to trade for someone who can help. Um, I don't I don't have that name here. I think in some ways I I don't know if if that is like a knowable thing, like sort of the the young vet waiting to pop. Like Nurk was a first round pick who 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 was in a bad spot, ended up in a good spot, and really really came into his own. So maybe you you hunt for those types of players. But I I don't think you can. I mean, maybe you get lucky in the draft and you draft a guy who's a star. Um, the Blazers haven't been particularly awesome drafting first round picks for guys who develop into stars. It has it's been a little while since they've done that. Maybe one of Zach, Ant, or Nazir Little Pops improves me wrong, but I just don't see that happening for any of those three. So I think what you, you know, the, the way forward to build a, a team is to either have one of those guys achieve above average or to swing another trade that gets you sort of a, a young vet that, that really changes the the makeup of the team. And you and you got to do it here soon. Um, I don't think the Blazers are going to trade for a big star. I don't think it comes through free agency. I think it, it, I think it comes through sort of trading for that undervalued talent moving from there. Next question comes from Rip Riles at Riles Rip on Twitter, who asks, with Portland having a history of poaching underutilized talent from the Magic, which player would you like to see the Blazers target off their squad? Ah, uh, yes. Following in the Shabazz Napier, Mo Harkless pipeline of guys who were not good with the Magic and pretty good with the Blazers, I'm going to pick Wesley Awundu. Who was Wesley Awundu, you ask? Well... Up until this afternoon, I thought he was a 6'6 forward who went to Tulane, but when I Googled him, or maybe more specifically when I pulled up his basketball reference page this afternoon as I was preparing for the show, I found out that he is a 6'6 forward who went to Kansas State. Yeah, I don't know why I thought he went to Tulane either, y'all. Who knows? But yeah, Wesley Wundu, a 6'6 wing, doesn't play very much, only played 52 games for the, for the Magic last year. He's 25 years old. He's your underutilized talent. All right, our next question comes from Tam Tarius the Greek at Tam the Greek on Twitter who asks, since we love trying to revive players, maybe DeMarcus Cousins in Portland is fit? You know, I like DeMarcus Cousins. Um, he got Grant Napier fired. That was pretty rad. But I don't think I can sign on to the Blazers signing again, a, a center, a guy who can only play one spot. I don't think that's a great fit. Um, coming off the series of injuries he's had, uh, it seems like it's just too risky. I don't. They they tried it with Pau Gasol. Obviously, he's not thirty seven years old, but the Achilles injury, the quad injury, the ACL, all in that left leg. I'm just. I wish. I hope Boogie Cousins gets healthy, gets right, and has the type of uh, twilight of his career that he deserves. Such a special talent who probably lost out on hundreds of millions of dollars due to bad luck and bad injuries. I hope he has it, but. If you're a fan of the Blazers, I don't think you should be rooting for him to do that here. The risks are too glaring, too obvious. All right, let's come back in the third segment, close out the show. It's 
Justin LaPaz first, point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still rolling through Mailbag Monday. Next question comes from Tam Tamterius the Greek. That's right, Tam the Greek. Close of the second segment. Open the third. At Tam the Greek on Twitter asks, during your time close to the team, who would you call the funniest Blazer? So the funniest kind of like does weird stuff Blazer was probably Chris Kamen. You'd walk in the locker room his first year, and he'd just and it'd be after the game, and the dude be drinking a glass of whole milk, like just what? Like yo, is this guy real? And he was just he was just weird and funny and had little quips and he was kind of a smart ass, maybe a jerk to the media, quite honestly. But he was like, but he wasn't mean. He just kind of didn't care for the media and he would be cordial and friendly when he could. But he would also be intentionally rude and <laughs> unintentionally bizarre. So Cayman just sort of like the weirdest person to observe, uh, funniest person to observe. But just like funny, make me laugh. It's Evan Turner. Dude's hilarious. Has a million one-liners. I can tell you this story. I may have told this on the podcast before, but I'll tell it to you again. Uh, when I was off the beat, so I covered the team for for four years, four four seasons, five seasons. It doesn't matter. I covered the seasons, covered the team for many seasons. So then I'm still covering in a part-time role, but I have a day job. And in this day job, I go to an office, I wear slacks, I wear a button-up. I look like a, I look like someone who has a job in a cubicle because I have a job in a cubicle. But uh, I take a long lunch from this. My my generous boss said, yeah, you can. I know you got to do, go do Blazer stuff. Go, go do it. Um, so I go out to practice because I'm going to write this long story, a three-part story for, uh, for NBC. And I get to practice and I walk in. It's my first practice um, of the season. And Evan Turner turns around and goes, what, you got a court date or something? Yeah, he roasted me in front of the entire press corps. Everyone laughed at me. I probably blushed. And I said, no, I just have a real job. But it was too late. He'd already got me. He got me. Evan Turner, incredibly funny. Not super great at playing basketball for the Portland Trailblazers, but very good at being a funny person while employed by the Portland Trailblazers. Next question comes from Rip Riles at Riles Rip on Twitter. This is a full palindrome. We went Rip Riles, Tamtarius, and now we're going Tamtarius, Rip Riles. That's something only I care about, but it's my show, so you all get to learn about it as well. Rip asks, or Riles asks, hypothetical, Portland keeps the same big three going forward. Where does this version on the Blazers rank in comparison to teams of the past? Well... I don't think if this is the big three for in perpetuity, I don't think if, if CJ McCollum is your third best player or Nurk's your third best player, however you want to spin it, um, I don't think this is a championship-level team. I don't think they can win a championship over the next five years before Damian Lillard's 35th birthday with, with as currently constructed. Sorry, but I just don't think it. So I'm going to say that this team ranks slightly under, like half a step under the Dame, West Nick, LaMarcus and Robin Lopez team because that team won 54 games and looked like they could win a championship. And I don't think there's ever been a time when you looked at this particular Blazer team and said, man, they can win. They could win a championship. Now that Blazer team, they kind of get, um, there's some nostalgia baked into them because they, Wesley Matthews got hurt in March. They were a 55-win team, 54-win team, and they we just never got to see them in the playoffs, and LaMarcus left, and it all ended. So you were left with this great hypothetical, the great what-if. But I think at the time, literally the day Wesley got hurt, they were tied for second in the West. They felt like one of the very good teams, and that was the first year of the Warriors championship run um, and probably the crappiest version of, of all those Warriors teams, although they were very, very good. I think that's the closest the Blazers have been to a championship since the year 2000. So I'll say, you know, they're not the Clyde Drexler era teams. They're not that Wallace, Pippen, Sabonis, Stoudemire, Steve Smith team that 
eventually became known as the Jailblazers era unfairly, and they're not obviously the 77 championship team, but they're well clear of the Brandon Roy LaMarcus Blazers, and they're just shy of the Dame LaMarcus era Blazers. Okay, next question comes from Adam Nakamura at AdamNaka28, who asks, what sitcom would the Blazers be best at starring in? So be, I, be best is an interesting one. And my instincts were um, some sort of workplace dro- workplace comedy. So I have a runner up. And perhaps you meant every player on the roster, like which individual, but who boy, I don't have time. Adam, that's a whole podcast. That's like, maybe that's like a, even a, a spinoff second podcast, Locked on Blazers on sitcoms. So my choice after considering this and looking at a list of the 100 greatest sitcoms is Boy Meets World. That might be dating me a little bit. Some of you perhaps too young and some of you perhaps too old to be familiar with Boy Meets World. But if you are a mid-range millennial such as myself, you watch a shit ton of Boy Meets World, so you know what I'm talking about. Damian Lillard will be starring as Corey Matthews. His rambunctious best friend, Sean, will be played by C.J. McCollum. The role of Topanga, a friend, sort of love interest, term friend, term love interest, played by Yusuf Nurkic, a guy who really generally loves Damien Lillard. They're super good pals. This doesn't have to be romantic love. This is platonic love. Get that out of your heads, you weirdos. The older, sagely principal and neighbor, be played by Carmelo Anthony. That's right, Mr. Feeney, be played by Carmelo Anthony. And in the role of the sort of cool teacher... That'll be played by Trevor Ariza, who's not with the funnies, but is kind of with the funnies. And in the role of Minkus, if you don't know Minkus, Google Minkus right now. Hassan Whiteside will be cast as Minkus. So yeah, Blazers are Boy Meets World. The other option, my runner-up was Scrubs, where Turk and JD are played by Damon CJ. But too much romance, too many characters I don't know. I couldn't go full. I couldn't commit to full Scrubs. It just it didn't, it didn't quite make make perfect sense to me the way Boy Meets World does. And folks, I just cast the perfect sitcom. Tell your friends about this podcast. Okay, final question of the show comes from Northwest Jeff, as promised, the third Jeff via Gmail. And Northwest Jeff, also known as Jeff the Third, asks, what's the worst player you could magically add that would make the Blazers an instant contender top three in the West next year? Let's assume Mello, Ariza, and Whiteside not returning as the cost of this game-changing addition to the team. So I got clarification from Northwest Jeff for this question. And this isn't, this is the, the hypothetical is such like, what is the worst player, the lowest quality of basketball player you could add to the team without financials, without considering anything else, but the, 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 the sort of lowest quality basketball player you can add to the team that would automatically vault the Blazers up into championship quality. Uh, figure out the deals at some other point but this is just the idea that like how far away in terms of talent are the Blazers from being a true championship team so some names that are definitely not on the list DeMontis Sabonis doesn't doesn't do it Chris Middleton doesn't do it Gordon Hayward Tobias Harris Kevin Love hell nah Nikola Vucevic hell nah what about Draymond Green or Montrez Harrell or Clint Capella even LaMarcus Aldridge, a name you've heard of, does that automatically vault the Blazers to true championship, like a, a surefire top three seed in the West? And my answer to all of that is no. I think the worst player you can add to this team, just like in this hypothetical, and make them a championship-level team, it's Clay Thompson. A certain Hall of Famer, at worst, the fifth-best shooter of all time, a defender who's not nearly as good as he once was, but a really competent defender and a guy who probably won't make another, if I had to guess, probably won't make another all-star team in his career. 
that's I think that's the baseline for how far away the Blazers are from a championship is they would need an absolute star. Now, you know, obviously LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, those type of guys change the game. I thought about adding Rudy Gobert here, but I'm not sure Rudy Gobert is enough of an upgrade over Yusuf Nurkic to put them directly into that category. I don't think it needs to be Luka Doncic or or James Harden, like I said, in the sort of Giannis LeBron category, but I... But I don't think it's as low as DeMar DeRozan. I think it's borderline all-star to all-star and top five player at their position. You need one of the top five wings at their position, probably a top five power forward at their position. I don't think Blake Griffin and Kevin Love get it done. I just don't think they're that good. So I think the worst player you could add to, the, add to this team and make them a championship contender immediately is Clay Thompson. Now, how you add Clay Thompson to this core on his max contract at his age coming off the injury he's the ACL injury he's coming off of? I don't think you do. But it was an interesting exercise. If you have an answer to Northwest Jeff's question, email me lockedonblazerspot at gmail.com. Or if you don't if you're not an email, you can tweet it at me. It'll just be a little more confusing if you're just tweeting at me players' names. In any case, take Northwest Jeff's question home with you for the week. What is the worst player? the Blazers could add to make them a championship contender. It's an interesting thought experiment. Northwest Jeff, I appreciate you. And I appreciate everyone else. Those who sent in questions, those who listen, those who listen for the first time, those who listen every week, I appreciate all of you. I enjoy Mailbag Monday. Like I said at the top of the show, we do this every week. The lack of Blazer basketball isn't going to slow us down. We're just talking about Boy Meets World and Wesley Awundu. We're having fun. Tell your friends to come have fun with us. Tell them to search wherever they already get podcasts for Lockdown Blazers, and we'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.